Luke chapter 11 this morning. Luke chapter 11, and I'll begin reading in uh, verse 1. And it came to pass that as he, Jesus, was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, When you pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us our sins for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for your word. And we thank you that uh, we have the privilege to pray and come to your throne uh, because of Jesus Christ, because of the one who made the only way and became the only salvation and hope for the world, faith in his name. Father, I thank you and praise you and praise your blessed son. God, I ask you to fill me with your spirit and help me to minister the word to these that are here this morning. Uh, and Father, uh, also those that are with us online, we're thankful for that. Uh, may you uh, work on each heart. There may be some that would receive this message this morning and they would need to be saved. And I pray that they would not delay to trust you as Savior for the forgiveness of sins, to trust your blessed Son if they've not yet done that. Father, for all, for all who have, may we learn more about this thing of prayer. For you saved us uh, to grow us into the image of your Son. And Father, that'll never happen without prayer. Help us to learn these things as well. Fill my dear wife with your spirit and Bless for laying the message in sign. Fill those in the nursery and watching the children with your spirit. Thank you for the children being taught already in Sunday school, the adult uh, Sunday school hour as well, and the going forth of your word. Father, we do thank you. We do praise you. We pray that once again that you would just uh, draw us closer to you. I pray that uh, we would uh, leave this place should you tarry. Uh, changed more into your image uh, more like Jesus Christ in some way for those who are born again and those not that today they might be saved uh, Father we pray we ask these things in Jesus name Amen Amen you may be seated not the uh, more familiar uh, uh portion of the Lord's uh, model prayer here but we want to learn some things about prayer 
from, uh, from our Lord from these passages. For the next several weeks, uh, this morning, uh, next week, and uh, the following Sunday, uh, we're going to uh, go through what we will call the School of Prayer. And uh, we have uh, several who have been through uh, various schools. We've been through, you know, uh, grade school. We've been through high school. We've been through uh, college and uh, some post, post-grad schools. And, and uh, that's a lot of years. We're going to go uh, from elementary through post-grad in three weeks, okay? <laughs> and, uh, and just a quick overview of, uh, of, of the school of prayer. Uh, for the next uh, three weeks, and we're actually going to cover two of them this morning, the grade school of prayer and the high school of prayer, and uh, it is my prayer <laughs> uh, that our hearts will be uh, more knit to prayer. Uh, it'll be, uh, we'll realize the, the prominence of it, the importance of it once again, and, uh, and be drawn to that and to be faithful in that. There is no discipline of the Christian life that is more important than the discipline of prayer. Uh, We see here in this first verse in Luke chapter 11 that both Jesus and John the Baptist taught their disciples how to pray. And, And we certainly want to recognize the priority of that when we see that done by these in the scripture. So first of all, we look at number one, uh, the grade school of prayer. And we'll have several uh, points under this. Uh, first of all, uh, we, must, we realize, A, we must be in the discipline of prayer, in the grade school of prayer. We must be in the discipline uh, uh, of prayer. It came to pass uh, as he was praying uh, in a certain place. Uh, as he was praying... Uh, our Lord was faithful to pray. I thought it was interesting that the Bible speaks of him in the act of praying. He's doing it. He is, 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 is involved in this, in this praying for us. Remember verse today is Colossians 4.2. Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. So when we through the scriptures, peek in on what, on what our Lord was doing at the time. He was continuing in prayer. And disciples were watching. It must have been a prominent feature of his life because they asked him, we need to learn to pray. This prayer is a serious thing with you. By the way, it's what was with John the Baptist too. And we want to learn. And uh, they want to learn some things about prayer. It's a continual thing as he was praying. Uh, Teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. When you pray, and saying that he gives kind of an outline that you can use for praying. You don't have to, it's not, it's not promoting a, a, a memorized prayer. Uh, the Bible doesn't uh, say much about rote prayers or memorized prayers. There are model prayers that are given. But God is, is just like you would want with your own children. God likes you putting things in your own words, amen? And just, uh, just spilling out your heart to him. And... Uh, and uh, these prayers are good to have in your head memorized so that you can know that you don't forget the things that God wants to hear about and the things we're supposed to be focused upon. 
Uh, but we don't really need to repeat them to him. Uh, he has them memorized, okay? Uh, he, he knows them. He, he inspired them here, okay? So, uh, so pour out your heart. Use it to help guide you in your prayer. We must be disciplined in prayer. He didn't say if you pray. He said when you pray. He said when you pray. By the way, he was praying in a certain place, wasn't he? He had a place that he, would, uh, that he picked out to pray in. We're not going to be disciplined in prayer if we don't have a time and a place uh, that we purpose to pray. And we need to be realize that we need prayer in our lives. We need to be a praying people. And, uh, uh, and uh, prayer is not a luxury. Prayer is a necessity, okay? Uh, we need that. Uh, we need it. Jesus was God in the flesh. Yet he prayed. He was conceived by the Holy Ghost and filled with the Holy Spirit. Yet he prayed. He lived, Jesus did, a sinless life. Yet he prayed. He was always obedient to the Father. Yet he prayed. He had power to, to perform miracles. This man doeth many miracles, they said of him. Yet he prayed. John Baptist was a man of prayer. He was related to Jesus in the, uh, in, in the flesh. Uh, uh, he was a cousin. And uh, yet he prayed. He was filled with the spirit. And the power of Elias. Yet he prayed. He was the greatest of prophets that had risen to the time. Yet he prayed. I think if Jesus and John prayed, we need to be praying, amen. And we need to be a praying people. By the way, there's nothing that our country needs, this world needs right now, than Christians that are praying. And praying for the situation that we're in. Our God-given rights are being challenged in some places in our, in our, in our nation right now, the way they never have been before. And we need to be in prayer about that. And need, to be, and need to be faithful. Listen, our God loves our country. And he is the best thing for our country. He wants no harm for our country. His word is best for our country. And by the way, for the world. And we need to be praying that his word will be able to continue to go forth. And, and be faithful in prayer. Uh, prayer was so important to his ministry and to John's also that they taught their disciples to pray. I think about John the Baptist and, and Jesus Christ and how different they were. Uh, they both were sent by the Father to accomplish his purpose. John was a Nazarite who drank no wine. Jesus turned water into wine. John did no miracle. Jesus was known as a miracle worker. John was a recluse of the wilderness. Jesus attended weddings and feasts and played with children. Yet both of these what? Prayed and taught their disciples to pray. They prayed. So many differences. 
yet so many things alike as well and prayer being a prominent feature in our lives or needs to be when we think of Ephesians chapter 6 it's that popular passage in the Bible that talks about the armor of God that we are to put on to live the Christian life we've just gone through that and in uh, putting on uh, Christian uh, the, the fruits of the spirit and such and, uh, and, and, and letting that show forth in, a, in, in, a, in our lives but Ephesians 6 talks about putting on the armor of God talks about having your loins girt about with truth that means aligning our lives with the word of God let the word of God set the boundaries for our lives and live within his will the breastplate of righteousness. When you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, you are declared righteous in God's eyes. It has nothing to do with how good a person you are. When you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, you have a righteous standing that does not change. You do not have it because of yourself. You have it because of the one you put your faith in. You see, the moment you put your faith in Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. He became a sinner. He, he took, he didn't become a sinner. He took your sins upon you. He took the sins of the whole world upon him. And he had no sin. He never sinned. He's not a sinner. But God saw our sins on him on the cross. And he was crucified. Though not a sinner. Though I'm not righteous. When I trusted God as my Savior. Or Jesus as my Savior. He looks at me as righteous for Jesus' sake. He looked at Jesus as a sinner for my sake. He looks at me as righteous for Jesus' sake. That's why it doesn't change, you see. I didn't do anything to get it. By the way, if I could do something to get saved, I could do something to, to, to get unsaved. I could get, I could get, if I got myself saved, I could get myself lost. <laughs> it's just faith in Him. It's just faith in Him. Uh, placing our faith in Him is all it is. Trusting, it's, it's that gift. That shield of faith. Uh, trusting in the Word of God. Trusting the promises of God. Uh, the helmet of salvation is in that passage as well in Ephesians 6. In our times, a helmet, you know, it, it marks the team. Of course, with all the political correctness, they're changing all the team names now, you know. So, so no, nobody recognizes them anymore. Uh, but when you're on a football team or something, you got a helmet, and, and, it, and it shows you which team you're on. Well, when you when you got the helmet of salvation on, you remind yourself you're on God's team now that you're born again. Amen? Now that you're born again, your life has become all about salvation. You living out yours and living that someone else might know salvation. The helmet, it's become all about salvation. And, uh, and Christ and what he's done. All these things. But the Apostle Paul closes that section saying that we are to be praying always with all prayer and supplication strong crying in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints in other words we are to be putting on the armor of God throughout our lives while we are praying all along 
Well, I don't pray much, but, but I sure have put on a lot of the armor of God. Not possible. <laughs> Not possible. We could only put that on as we exalt prayer in our lives. As we're seeking the Lord uh, uh, through, through prayer. The discipline of prayer. We need to pray. Jude writes in verse 20. Beloved, he says, but ye beloved Christians, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Did you get that? So while we're growing on the faith of this book, on, in the faith of Jesus Christ, while we're learning about him and learning to follow him, we do that while we, while we are praying in the Holy Ghost. Did you get that? Doesn't happen without it. That's how important this is. We need to be in prayer. But there's something about us in our nature that, you know, uh, we want to conquer things. And especially, and I mean good-meaning Christians and ministries. Many times we think the answer is what? Work, 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 work. Just go out and do, you know. Well, I'm going to go out and soul anyone, knock on so many doors or speak to so many neighbors. And uh, did we pray before we went? <laughs> so many times we think we'll accomplish God's will by just doing and doing and doing and doing and doing. And the Bible talks that, uh, that the, 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 the axe isn't sharpened, then the guy using it has to put forth more strength. We need to pray to God, don't we? God to bless and help us as, as we want to serve Him, as we want to live for Him as believers. Prayer must be a priority in, the, in, 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 in our lives. The priority of prayer. To be disciplined in prayer. The prayerless Christian becomes a powerless Christian. The powerless Christian eventually becomes a praiseless Christian. And a praiseless Christian eventually becomes a pitiful Christian. I really believe that Christians can be more miserable than lost people in the world. There's nothing that can become more miserable than a Christian that's crossways with God. And we need to pray. We need to pray. The Apostle Paul, as he was writing from prison, he had a couple of fellow prisoners there and he had some folks visiting him. Uh, Epaphras is one I believe visiting him at the time in Colossians 4.12 he says to Epaphras who is one of you writing to the believers at Colossae a servant of Christ saluteth you always laboring fervently for you in prayers now most churches today if you left that blank if you said, if you said laboring fervently for you They'd think what? What did he work in the bus ministry? Uh, was, he, was he a preacher? Uh, what was he doing? Was he out there on the mission field? No, Paul said, "Laboring for you, praying, praying, laboring for you in prayers." By the way, if, if if you've been become serious in prayers and recognize the priority of prayers, you have realized that that prayer is a great labor often. 
because it's a serious thing. Prayer moves the hands of God. One of the prophets writes, God says, concerning the works of my hands, command ye me. What do you want me to do? God says, of course, his will. But God says, be praying. Be praying. The discipline of prayer. <clears throat> Must be the discipline of prayer. <clears throat> then be under this point we must be in daily prayer um, in daily prayer give us day by day uh, our daily bread Jesus said in 1 Thessalonians 5.17 what pray without ceasing they asked Jesus to teach them when he was in another moment of his time of prayer Luke, this book here, traces quite a pattern of our Lord's Prayer. I have a whole page just of verses and passages where, where, where the Lord's found, Lord is, is praying throughout Luke. I'm not going to take the time to go, to go through those this morning, just for time's sake. But he was in prayer. He was in prayer. Often. Uh, daily prayer. Peter says in 1 Peter 5, 6 and 7, Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Here it is. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth uh, for you. Why do we need that daily thing? Verse 8, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Do you think he's doing that today? I think he is. Do you think he was doing that yesterday? I think he is. I think he was. If the Lord tarries, think he'll be doing that tomorrow? I think he will. Now the devil is not omniscient like the Lord he can't be everywhere at one time but he has a whole lot of fallen angels that he can send uh, uh, wherever he bids them go it seems and he works and we need to be praying we need to be praying in the garden there when Jesus was would, would soon be crucified he resorted to the garden to pray with his disciples and you remember that. And, uh, the twelve went with them, and then, uh, and then the three, uh, James and Peter and John, went a little further. And, and then even after uh, he'd separated from the others, he went a little further away from Peter and James and John and himself prayed about the great struggle he was soon to go through. He was perfect and sinless was about to take upon him the sin of the whole world. He was about to suffer pain that is frankly just excruciating. But I think the thing that he feared most was that moment when he would say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? But he did that for you and for me. He told his disciples to pray 
when he came back, the Bible says in Matthew 26, 40, uh, he, come, he cometh unto his disciples and findeth them asleep and saith unto Peter, What? Could ye not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray. As ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He said, after I've told you, he told them many times he was going to be delivered into the hands of the Gentiles and be crucified and rise again. He was clear on that, but they just kind of brushed it off because they didn't understand it in what they remembered about the Messiah. They hadn't been given the scriptures from their spiritual leaders like they should have been. Uh, but he said, watch and pray, watch and pray. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. I thought about that verse. It's kind of a side note there in the message. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. See, many times in the Christian life, we'll want to do right. And that's a good thing. And if we have strayed off into some sin, we'll want to cut that off and get that thing right. Amen. That's a good thing. But the thing we have to be careful of is if we're not careful, we'll run out and try and get it right in the flesh. We can't make it right ourselves. Spirit indeed is willing, but what? The flesh is weak. That willingness that comes from the Spirit, the strength also must come from the Holy Spirit to do it. We have to trust Him every moment. If I didn't believe in the Holy Spirit, I wouldn't be up here behind this microphone right now, I'll tell you that. <laughs> And by the way, there'd be no reason for anybody else to be either. Amen. Because it's, it's, it's Christ who speaks through his servants as we allow him. Pastor uh, and, and Christian alike. When we're sharing that word. His spirit guides us, directs us. We must be in daily prayer. <clears throat> today I did not come this far nor to this place alone but in the presence and power of my God the circumstances of this moment are not greater than my God he knows them better than I do yet he permits them And he will overcome them within me if I will allow him. Mine is not to fret as though he does not know or care or cannot overcome. Mine is to walk on knowing that he is there. I am his by his creation and his new birth if you're a Christian I am his to do with as he chooses to bless or to use up to serve or to simply endure the day belongs to my Lord and it is, and it is the only day I have to serve and glorify him
So I shall give all that I have and am that for this one day he shall be honored. You see, we need to take life many times a day in, 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 in a, a, a way of folks a day at a time. Yes, we plan things and we work out those plans and allow God's, God to change them and, 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 and direct us in that way. But we need to make sure what? That we're getting strength for the day, don't we? And by the way, not only for the day, for the moment. Remember Peter? It was just within moments that he said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And a moment later, Jesus said to the same man, He said, Get thee behind me, Satan. That happened in moments. Talk about praying always, amen. As we grow, we learn to be in an attitude of prayer as a believer. There's never a moment where we don't need our God his strength and his wisdom but many times Christians labor fervently and they forget to labor fervently in prayer and to be faithful uh, in those things we're so accustomed to having full freezers bills not due till the end of the month uh, we think that we have with the, because we have a stockpile of prayer in the past it's not so important that I pray today it's not the case. We need to be faithful uh, in, uh, in, in, in daily prayer. <clears throat> Made it through grade school already. We're going go to go to high school now. <laughs> he said unto them, When ye pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done as in heaven, so in earth. Being disciplined in prayer and daily in prayer, as we go, we realize it's not about me. It's not about my life. It's, it's not about what I want from God. It's about what God wants from me. It's about His will. Thy will be done, as in heaven, so, so in earth. We must learn to pray in the will of God. See, a little child asks for anything and everything and doesn't get many of the things that he asks for, right? But as we grow, we are to learn to pray in the will of God. Robert Law writes, Prayer is a mighty instrument not fit for getting man's will done in heaven, but for getting God's will done on earth. That's what prayer is for. A uh, worldly kind of person came to the preacher they were defending their practice of attending worldly entertainments. The person said, but pastor, I can take Jesus with me wherever I go. The pastor, after a few moments of thought, quietly replied, indeed, that's, he says, he says, indeed, is that so? I didn't know that that was the order of the Bible. 
Is it for you to lead Jesus to where you want to go or for him to lead you where he wants you to be? Which, which one is it? We know it's the latter. That's, that's what the Bible teaches. We are to be followers of Jesus. Amen. Jesus said that where I am, there my what? Disciple shall be. Say, the high school of prayer, God's will. In the high school of prayer, we need to what? We need to, the high school of prayer, A, it insists on a relationship. It insists on a relationship. Our Father. See, unless you know God as your Father, you cannot pray effectively in the will of God. Now, He is the Father of all in the sense of creation. He created the human race. The human race came from Him. So, in regards to creation... Uh, he's the father of all people in that sense. He made the human race. But that has nothing to do with our spiritual relationship with God because that was interrupted by sin in the Garden of Eden. So while you may be a child of God by creation, you are not a child of God through salvation until you're born again in Jesus Christ. How different is that? Well, as a matter of fact, Jesus calls people that haven't been born again yet children of the devil. That's what he calls them. He says, you have your father the devil. God created them, but that doesn't make an impact on their eternal welfare and being. Because sin has marred the image of God in the, on the human race. Jesus came to, to fix that, Amen. He came to write that. We trust in Him as our Savior. We become a child of God through faith. Uh, in 1 John, uh, and, 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 he's, and He's our Father, that relationship comes. And uh, insists on that relationship. You say, well, how do I become a child of God then? Very simple. Through faith. What do I have to believe? Believe you're a sinner. Romans 3.23 All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Believe that there's a punishment for sin. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. And the Bible says death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And folks, there are no exceptions. If you sinned, apart from God changing something... That's where you're headed. That's where the whole human race is headed. But thank goodness the Bible doesn't stop there. The Bible says in Acts 16, 31, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. There it is. Believe as the idea of trusting in. Romans 10, 13 says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Jesus Christ, God's perfect Son, died for the sins of the whole world. He bore the sins, He bore our sins in His body on the tree, Peter tells us in the Scriptures. He was buried, He rose again the third day, having paid the pen in full for the salvation of the whole world. Now, anybody who recognizes they're a sinner and on their way to hell, 
which all are, the Spirit convicts, they can come to God and say, God, I, I don't want to go to hell. I want forgiveness of my sins. I believe the Bible when it says your son is perfect. He came to earth. He died for my sins and he rose again. He paid for my sins according to your word. And you said, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. One man's prayer in the Bible was this. God be merciful to me a sinner. And the Bible says he went down to his house justified. That means declared right. That's what can happen to you this morning if you're not born again. In one moment you say believing the things that the Bible says about Jesus Christ and what he's done for you. In one moment you say Lord please forgive me and save me. I want to be saved. I'm sorry for my sins. Forgive me and come into my life. It's done. When you mean it with all your heart in prayer to God. Don't come to some preacher. Don't come to some priest. We can't help you. We can't save you. Nor can another brother or sister in Christ. You go straight, you go straight to Jesus. Don't think about Mary. Don't think about one of the dead saints. Don't go there. There's, there is one mediator between God and man. The man Christ Jesus. Amen. Nobody else is a go-between. Go to Him. He'll forgive you. He'll save you. You've got to... It, it, this, it insists on a relationship. What else does this, uh, high, this high school of prayer uh, uh, show us? It, it invokes responsibility. It invokes responsibility. Thy will be done as in heaven, so in earth. Now think about that. Uh, see, when you get saved... God changes your heart. You're wanting, uh, uh, you're wanting to see His will done on the earth. By the way, this doesn't mean God. Uh, I'm praying that around me, as I look around, I'll start seeing Your will done on earth. I want to see Your will done on earth through me. That's what He's saying. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. And where does it start? Right here. While I'm on earth, God wants me to do His will. That's where God wants to start. He wants to start in His child. Whoever trusts Him, He wants to start right there with doing His will on earth through that person. Through me, through you, through everyone who calls on His name for salvation. He wants to do that. He doesn't answer our prayers just to make our lives easier upon the earth. God is not some genie you find in a bottle upon the beach. If you say the magic words, you'll get what you want. It's not what he is. <clears throat> you see, uh, he is the maker and the creator of the universe. He has a plan for your life and for my life. Now, folks, I can't tell you exactly who God has for you to marry. I can't tell you exactly where you should live and work. I can't tell you which car you ought to buy. Whether or not you ought to sell your house or even buy one. I can't tell those specifics and the word of God won't tell you those specifics either. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. But I can tell you this. It's God's will for you to be saved. 
It is God's will for you to be saved. For Second Peter 3.9, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. There it is. I have no doubt about it. The Word of God says it's God's will for you to be saved. By the way, aren't you glad about that? <laughs> Amen. It's God's will for you to be saved. I, I believe that when you hear the gospel and understand it, it's God's will for you to be saved then. 2 Corinthians 6, 2. Uh, uh, he, saith, uh, he says, Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. By the way, if you heard the gospel and understood it and got convicted about your sin, why would God want you to put that off? Amen. Amen. Call upon His name and be saved. Uh, by the way, it's God's will for you to pray. We've already seen that. We know it's God's will to be saved. We know it's God's will to pray. Uh, by the way, it's God's will for you to be faithfully, to faithfully attend a Bible-believing church. No doubt. You take a stool, you put two legs on it, does it stand? Does it stand? Got to have at least three. Be saved. Read your Bible, the Word of God. What? Go to church. Read your Bible, pray, go to church. We say in the Christian life, those three. But as far as after you're saved, it's God's will to be in church. Uh, Ephesians 4.11 He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Hebrews 10.24 and 25 Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day, the day approaching it's God's will for us to meet in church I can't exhort we can't exhort one another with folks that are online we can't do that uh, we can't uh, we can't edify one another with folks that are online. We can't do that. I'm thankful for the, stream, for, the, for the internet ministry and for the live streaming, you know, because there's some people that can't be here because of their health. I understand that. And, and therefore, I'm thankful for it. But if we can be here, where, where does God want us to be? He wants us to be as part of what he has commanded for us in the word of God. There's just no doubt about it. What else, does pray, what else do we see? We need to be in the will of God. There we see how about we have a C here on this point, and then we're done. It inspires, it inspires requests. Well, let me get a, give you an illustration, first of all, just about walking in the will of God and doing these things that we ought to do. You know, in prayer, you know, when a child, uh, as a child grows and they ask mom or dad for things, they begin to understand and they, they may have chores and things they're supposed to do. And the child who grows in wisdom, what? Doesn't come to mom or dad asking for something until what? The chores are done. Because <laughs> they've done that before. Did you get it? No, well, maybe when you get, come talk to me when you do that. And when we pray, folks, there's a whole lot of things that God, that God in the Bible doesn't give us the specific details about. But you know what? There's a whole lot of things that he does. 
And he expects us what? To do his will. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. We ought to be read our, read our, we ought to get saved. We ought to read our Bible. We ought, uh, we ought to pray every day. We ought to go to a Bible-believing church. We ought to be a witness for Jesus, uh, telling others about salvation. All those things are clearly explained in the Bible for us to do as believers. So if we're our children coming to our Father, giving some chores to do, it'd be good that we're, we're doing them, Amen. And uh, so he doesn't have to kind of remind us, you know. I know God is so good. So many, many times he answers prayers when we're not even doing that. That's just the way he is. He's gracious. But certainly, we ought to recognize we ought to be walking in his will. Uh, <clears throat> sin uh, uh, can come between our prayers and God so that they don't get answered until we get that thing taken care of, whatever it is that the Holy Spirit is pointing out in our lives. And finally, see, this, uh, this it will inspire, prayer in the will of God inspires requests. Look at verse three. Give us day by day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That's quite a challenge. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that's indebted to us. What does that, what does that mean? What is that saying? That means when somebody does me something wrong, does me wrong, by the way, and I don't, and I don't deserve it, I didn't do anything wrong to them, when somebody does me wrong, just like I did to God, and He forgave me. When somebody does me wrong, I forgive them. And you do as a believer. Whether they deserve it or not, you forgive them. For we also forgive everyone that's indebted to us. That's how God expects us to come in prayer. By the why? Because that's what He did for us. See, only Christians can forgive like that. Only Christians can understand that. It invokes, it inspires requests. I like that. Look at, the, look at that verse there, uh, verses three and four. Give us, forgive us, lead us, deliver us. That's some pretty good requests, isn't it? <laughs> That's some pretty good requests. Jesus said what? Take no thought, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Matthew 6, 31. Wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. God says, if you make your number one purpose in life doing my will, taking care of what I want to do in this world through you, I'll take care of the peripheral stuff. Whether or not you have money you know, to, 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 pay, to pay bills at the end of the month uh, or for the next week won't be the priority in your life anymore. God says, I'll, I throw that stuff in. We put him first. We put him first. And by the way, 
It breaks his heart when we get out of the will and we suffer in ways because he loves us. Uh, it inspires uh, our request. David said in Psalm 37, 25, I have been young and now I'm old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken nor to seed begging bread. Amen. He said, I've seen God. He takes care of his children. He takes care of his children. Praying in the will of God. Aligning our lives with the will of God. That we might see this, this, this answered, answered prayer. <clears throat> Freedom restricted becomes power. When we yield our lives to the Holy Spirit and we keep our lives within the will of God, how many of you are thankful for those white, for those fog lines on the highways? They're a great help, aren't they? And uh, I struggle with night driving many times. If I'm, if I'm driving at night, especially if it's raining, I'll just let my wife, my wife drive because I, I have a hard time with night, night seeing the, the lights and the glares and, and such really, you know. Sometimes I'm thankful for those fog lines. <laughs> By the way, have you ever noticed that in Oregon in this mountainous place, the, 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 up in those mountains, there's something lacking and it's called guardrails. Have you ever noticed, have you ever noticed that? <laughs> Some of those places? And those guardrails are there for what? When they are there, are there for your safety, aren't they? And for mine. And we, many times when we ignore the guardrails and we ignore the fog, we ignore the fog lines, what happens? We face tragedy. We get out of the will of God and we struggle. God's will is the best for us, folks. We need to believe that by faith. God's will is the best for us. He knows. There, there's no one, by the way, there's no one that knows you better and, the, and there's no one that loves you better than God. There's no one that wants the best for you like God does. <laughs> That's just the truth. And we need to believe that and rest in that. And yes, do some scary things sometimes when God's will called us to do it. And just trust Him. He'll take care of us. Close with this thought. Lining ourselves with the will of God. No horse gets anyone anywhere until he's harnessed. No steam or gas drives anything until it's confined. No Niagara ever turns anything into, into light or power until it's tunneled. No life ever does great things until it's focused, dedicated, and disciplined, and desiring to live within the will of God. And don't look at it as confinement. When you get saved, God freed you to do something you could never do before you got saved. And that something that you could never do before you got saved was to live within the will of God. So that you could experience all that he has for you in his will now upon this earth and in heaven later. You couldn't do that 
before you got saved. Now that you're saved, you can submit yourself to God, submit yourself to the Holy Spirit, submit yourself to His Word. And then you'll know true freedom. Someone has said, you'll never know the soul the soul, will, the soul will never know its freedom until it finds out its master. Jesus said you can't serve two masters. You can't serve God and mammon. See, in life, you'll either serve God or you'll serve yourself. You'll serve sin. You'll serve the world. You'll serve the devil in some way, whether you realize it or not. But God says there's two masters that you'll serve. They can be put in two categories. God says there's me and there's anything else. Anything else is short of what God has for you. God wants us as believers to love and serve him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. And God, I thank you that... uh, that I trusted your son some 34, 35 years ago now. And that's when I became a child of God. And I know, Lord, I'm not perfect. I know you're still working. And I'm thankful for that. I thank you as every believer can. I thank you, God, for drawing us closer to you by your spirit. Helping us to learn about this thing of prayer and praying in your will. That if we ask anything according to your will, he heareth us. And if he heareth us whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we, that we desired of him. We know, dear God, that you will answer the prayers that are according to your will. And Father, we have seen that many times. You always answer what you promise But God, we've seen in this place many times you go far beyond that. You do wonderful things that you hadn't even promised to do in your word. And many times you do that for your children. We worship and praise your name. We worship and praise you for this magnificent love that you have to us in Christ and what you've done for us through through Jesus Christ. Father, bless this message now, I pray. Bless your word that's gone forward to the hearts of everyone. Those needing to call upon you for salvation, Father, would you please move them to do it today? Tell their preacher. Tell another Christian. They've trusted you as Savior. All who've done that, Father, help us to examine ourselves, to be faithful in this thing of prayer, to be learning your will so we can pray in a way that glorifies your name. Help us to be careful to thank you and praise you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.